This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. So are you in Philippians chapter 3? Beginning at verse 13, which is our foundational scripture and the scripture that we have established this teaching on. It says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect or mature, be thus minded. And if anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. So anything else other than what he's teaching you and what he's saying in his word that might come up in your thought, God said he'll take care of it. He's going to make sure you get the right information so you can get the right understanding. Amen. Go over, if you will, to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Because we're going to see some things, and this is very important that you grab a hold of. These are not just sayings. These are not things you just quote. These are things, whenever you read in the Scripture, you need to own them because it means something. It's going to mean something in your life if you just hold on to it and understand what God is saying. In in, uh, Ecclesiastes 3, beginning at verse 1, it says, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. So we're using these scriptures to help us to learn how to press forward toward the mark. For the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And we have to continue to press. How to press forward, it comes with being focused. Remember we taught that before we taught this series. Being focused and undistracted. Those are the things that's going to keep you on course to press forward. Amen. And then we the, the, we, the, we saw the scripture says that those that we have to look to those things that are before us. Forget those things that are behind us, things that have happened in our past. But we got to reach forward. We have learned that to consistently make progress and move forward, it is not that easy. It's more easier said than done because it's not easy because you're in the flesh, because you are human. And so it's not that easy. I know it sounds good from up here, but to walk in it and live it, it is not that easy. It's not impossible, but sometimes it's not easy. And it becomes very difficult when you get off focus. Very, very difficult. Are you to press toward the mark? For the prize, to go forward to what God wants you to do, it can be very difficult. Amen? And this is my desire for everyone under the sound of my voice that we don't be stuck in that place 
where we can't move forward. We're so caught up in what has happened before or what's going on now, and we cannot press forward in the will of God. I want no one in this ministry to be stuck in a place where we are reliving, revisiting old things, old past things that just keep over and over and over in our mind. You know, mistakes that we made, we keep thinking about it over and over and over in our mind. We want to get past that. Amen. And I made the statement last week and the week after that, before that, and the week before that, and I'll always make this statement. If you are born again, filled with His Spirit, walking in the things of God, applying the Word, every word that's being taught, and you are pressing forward, you are renewing your mind, you, I'm telling you, casting down imagination, every thought, every time a word is taught on Wednesday or in Sunday um, for a family life, you are taking it and you're owning it and you're moving. And all of a sudden you find yourself that it's something else I just can't get up off the canvas. Depression is setting in and I just can't. I love God and I want to, but and I feel like I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to, but I just can't get it going. Because when I'm by myself, oh, I pretend in front of people, but the depression, you know, because depression know how to hide in front of people. It's like dementia and, and Alzheimer's. It knows how to hide in front of people. But then when you're by yourself, that depression sets in and those thoughts come in. Those things that keep going over and over and over in your mind. And that will make you where you are stagnant. Then you have to say, well, if I'm doing all of that, why is not thing happening? You may need some outside help. There may be many things going on in your natural body. Understand this as a believer. We live in a natural body. We live in a corruptible body. And things will happen and things will change. And, and I'm telling you, I, I, it, I, it never seems to amaze me how these young people think they're going to be young all of their life. But let me tell you, time will change you. And time will change your body because, and listen, I don't care how much exercise you do, how healthy you eat, all of that is fine and good, and you should. But you live in a corruptible body. And you live in this system, in this world. And I don't care what they call keto and vegetarian and vegan or whatever. You live in the world where they putting stuff in everything. And for you to say, I'm clean and I'm clean eating and I'm always clean eating, you got to stop eating in this world. Because people are there to make money. And so they're going to put whatever it is in the chicken to make it bigger, to make it fatter, so you can buy it. They're going to, you, my son always tells me, he said, Mom, you know, you can pay a dollar and get a 99 cents meal to kill you. But if you go to Whole Foods to eat healthy, you're going to pay $20 for a, pe- a stick or something. So in this day and time in the, where we live, it's very expensive to stay healthy and very cheap to kill yourself. Where's that 99 cents meal? You're just dying because those things, that's all you're going well, go on and just get that. Get the, you know, let's just get that. Let's go get the five burgers for... Anytime it's five burgers for five dollars, leave it. Because you might die the next week. I mean, what, what I mean, how do you get five burgers for five dollars? But you notice they don't have no lettuce and tomato, just meat and bread. Smash, there you go. And you be telling me, we got five burgers for... But, but it's cheap to eat bad. It really is. 
And I'm telling you, I go to over to Whole Foods and I'm telling you, do you ever get out of there without one bill gone? And a little bag. You know, you'd be like, well, there's no meat in there. There's no meat in there. And it's like, but it's healthy. But you live in the natural body. Know that. And because you live in the natural body, it doesn't matter. The older you get, it's not, it's not created to stay forever like it is. Amen? I mean, and, and again, I have nothing against exercise. I have nothing against it. You should. You should. We need, we, need to, we need to double up on that. But it doesn't mean it's going to stop you from dying. Look at somebody and say, oh, you're going to die. It's just that simple. You're going to die. I mean, you know, that's real-time talk. See, I'm not here to to hype you up. I'm going to give you real-time talk because that's what you need. Oh, she said that. I I don't want to say that. Well, it doesn't matter what you want. It's the truth. It's appointed once for every man to die. You're going to. Thank God you're alive now, but you're going to die. All of us will. Amen? Amen. Look at the person next to you and look at them. Look at them good. That person will die. It's just the truth of the matter. See, if you can think reality and stop this, I don't want to talk about it. It's not about not wanting to talk about it. It's reality. If it's one thing about Church of Living Water, you you should have learned. We're going to be real. It's appointed once for every man to die. Everybody's going to die. Some earlier than others, some not. It does, it's just like the candy, now or later. But you're going to die. And that's okay, because we got an assurance in our death. We really never die. Only on this side does the body die. We live forever. That's a whole other teaching. But any, at any rate, we don't want you to be stuck. We want you, in, 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 if you need extra help because maybe some trauma been in your life when you were a child or, or, or anything, anything could be going on. Just, just hereditary stuff. Your, your blood count could be down. Something else. And you need to go to a doctor. You need to talk to your primary physician. Go to a doctor. Go see what's wrong with you. And, everything. and maybe it got your thinking all off. Maybe it got you, you know, you're, you're missing something. Maybe you, you, you could have, you know, early signs of dementia. You won't know that unless you go to a doctor. Oh, don't say that. I, uh-uh, I, don't, I don't claim that. It, see, now that you're going to throw away today. I don't want to claim this. It's not about claiming, because we're not in the name it and claim it. It's about reality. Amen? And, and the Bible tells us, because you're in the natural body, natural is first. Natural is first. So, it's, it, the natural comes first, and sometimes you have to take care of the natural to ensure that you grow spiritually. You've got to take care of the natural. My intent is that to help us to press in the instructions of God, to help us grow, to help us progress. We need to progress forward. If God has given you some instructions, and I'm sure he has because he gives all of us instructions, I just want to help you through this teaching to be able to yield to those instructions and get it done. And then I told you the purpose is threefold. We want to glorify God. And we want to remain in his will. And we want to be mature. Those are three things that we, the whole purpose of this teacher. I want to glorify God in my life.
I want to remain in his will, and we want to mature. And I told you the goal of this series of teaching is to, for us to reach the mark. Right now we're pressing toward the mark, but we want to reach the mark in this teaching. We want to reach the mark. You know, that, and when I say reach the mark, that is, I want the will of God to be present in my life, in every dispensation of my life. Right now and in the future, every time in life, I want God's will to be done. In my life. Don't want to miss a dispensation. Are you following me? That's pressing toward the mark. So we've, dealt, we've been dealing with the objectives that I had. And the first objective is I wanted to teach you how to press forward from your old life. And that was our first couple of teachings. I think we taught a couple of times on that. And then how I wanted to teach us how to press forward from, from loss. And that's what we're talking about now. And in specific, death, the loss of a loved one, a death, a loss of a friend, a loss, just a loss, period. And then when I told you I want to press, I want to teach us how to press forward from disappointment and when we miss God and when we're in a stagnant place. God wants us to be able to move when any of those things in our life. So we've been looking at how to press forward from loss. We said that loss. All of us should know it by now. It's unavoidable and inescapable. You're not gonna get around it. You're not gonna, let me tell you, there's nothing gonna, nothing you can do that's gonna, you might try to slow it down in your body because you know sometimes we say, okay, I'm gonna start eating differently. I'm gonna start eating healthy. That's good. That's just slowing it down. But it's never gonna stop it. Because death is unavoidable and inescapable. You're going to die. So we'll, And we're trying to find out how do I press toward the mark knowing that I am going to die. Are you with me? We have to press toward the mark because it's inescapable and unavoidable. When I talk about loss, we're teaching about death again. In particular, the death of those that we love and the de- even the people that we love. Unavoidable, inescapable. It is, death is a part of life. Death is a part of life. The Bible tells us that it is appointed once for every man to die. The Bible told us right over here in Ecclesiastes that there's a time and a season for everything under the heavens. That is an appointed time. And one of those times and seasons is a time to die. There is, there is time to die. There will always be a time to die. But often when we suffer the loss of someone that we love, it becomes very difficult for us to press forward. I know. I've experienced it. It's become very difficult for us to progress and consistently progress. So we've learned in earlier lessons that we have to prepare. We have to prepare for loss. And how do we do that? We said we prepare for loss through obedience and righteousness so that we won't live in any regrets and we won't live in anything saying, oh, I wish I would have did this. I wish I, I should have said this to him. I should have been this way. Because living in regret will keep you stuck in a place. 
Are you following me? So in obedience and instructions in righteousness and living a righteous life, it will help you. It will prepare us for those things that we know that's unavoidable and inescapable. Amen. And so the fact that we know, listen, that we know that we're going to lose people that we love because we won't and we don't want to have regrets, get everything right now. So you won't have to live in regrets and saying, oh, God, I wish I would have. And unresolved issues and be like, oh, I guess we should have got that done. We should have did this. Get, get it done now. Because we know in the best of our ability, we have, after you've done that, you have done the will of God. I'm getting everything off me. You know what? I am getting everything off of me. And I'm keeping it off. Amen. And especially when you're on the other side of life. We have to deal with every loss every time. Because you're not going to have one loss and that's true. You're going to have more loss in your life. But we have to deal with every, every loss every time. You, when you lose someone you know that you love, you have to deal with that loss. Because loss that are compounded upon each other and you haven't dealt with it, then you're gonna, not going to be able to press forward. You're going to slow way down. You're going to become stagnant. You're not going to do much because you're depressed and you're hurting and you let it compound and you never, ever got over the first death. Are you with me? So it's hard to progress forward when we suffer loss. Why? Because it challenges our faith. Now, if you ever want your faith to be challenged, this is where it will be challenged. When you lose someone you love. See, it's easy when you lose someone you knew, like a co-worker. And, you know, they weren't involved in your life or, or a distant relative. Oh, that was uncle so-and-so and that was distant. But when it started becoming your spouse, your mother... Your father, your children. Now, when it becomes that, it's a whole nother, whole nother realm. You know, we think we can go to an aunt's or uncle's funeral and it'd be like, oh, is somebody dying in life? I can handle it. No, that was an uncle or an aunt. Let your spouse pass away. That's a hurt that I can't describe to you. And it's something that you, it's just like being a grandparent. You can't, you know, you can't even describe it. You have to be it and do it for it to re become reality to you. So it is with the death of a spouse. I can't tell you how much pain it is. I can tell you that it's very painful, but you have to experience it yourself. But everyone that is married will experience it one day. Everyone that's married will experience it. Are you with me? And it's hard to press forward. It challenges your faith. It's hard, very hard to press forward. Why? Because it alters my plans. I have plans. It never alters God's plans, but it will alter your plan. Amen? But then we have to understand, you know, and it alters our plans and it, it challenges our faith because it's not something we desire. We don't desire for our loved ones to die, so we don't desire it. And so when we don't desire it, then it will just stop us right in our tracks, just stop us from pressing forward. 
So I'm going to give us some things that I believe would help us to move forward. We said that to press forward, the first thing you have to do is mourn properly. And we dealt with that. And we, and we know that mourning is when we have a deep grief and sorrow, sadness over the loss of someone. That's, that, that, that's called mourning. We just, oh gosh, I'm just mourning. And, and I want you to know mourning is different from grief. You can get past mourning, but grief is a stalker. Grief never goes. It's always just in the shadows. Just in the shadows. But mourning, you have to deal with and get past that. But even with grief being around, when you have a relationship with the Almighty God, He makes you push through. You can push through. Amen. We learned last week that the appropriate... That it is appropriate to mourn. The Bible tells us if there's a time to mourn. We read that. And please don't confuse mourning with your faith. Oftentimes believers confuse that because they know someone that was a believer that passed away and they went to heaven and they feel like, well, I shouldn't do anything but just say hallelujah and I need to fight. No, you, you can still mourn them because why? I miss them. I miss their presence in my life. Not mourning like you have no hope, but there is a time to mourn. Are you with me? And, and, you know, we want to rejoice that they're in heaven, but we, we mourn the absence of their presence. Amen. Then this is what gets me about people. You know, people are saying, oh, they died before Christmas, right before Christmas. Oh, God, I wish they was here for Christmas. Oh, they're going to miss their children go, walking across the stage. They didn't get to see that. And, oh, they're going to do this. You know, we're always talking about what they miss. Oh, they're going to miss their birthday. They're going to miss that. But, 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 but think on it this way. Okay, supposing they don't miss that. And supposing they're here for Christmas. They're here to get them, or, uh, see them walk across the state. They're here for all the other stuff that you say they're going to miss. The birthday, the anniversary, and our anniversary is coming up. We're miss. Let's say they're here from that, and they die afterward. Are you not going to cry? You're still going to hurt. It doesn't matter. Because why? There's never a right time for, to, to, for a loss. So it's not like if they was only here for Christmas. Okay, what if they die after Christmas? You're still going to cry. You're still going to be hurt. So it doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, those dates that you're saying they're going to miss, they're not even promised to you. It's not even promised to you. So you shouldn't even be acting like it's something else because it's not even promised to you. But you still are going to hurt no matter what because there's never a good time for death. There's never a right time for death. Amen? And so we need to understand that we don't want to get in a cycle where we're saying, what if? What could be? Keep in your mind, every time you say that, say, well, you know what, tomorrow was never promised. So I don't even have to think on that. Are you with me? So then we, we talked about, we learned that to mourn properly, we have to keep moving as we mourn. That is, we have to get up and do the essential things that we can do. You might be a little off, and you will be off for, if a loved one passed away, but you still got to get up and do the essential things, like get up, take a bath. 
break, brush your teeth, put on some clothes, sit up, get up. Just you know, if you have to just walk around the house first. You got but you got to get up and you got to start moving. Amen. And then you have to allow morning to turn into memory. And we said memory will turn into joy. And one of the things that we talked about is that you don't want to focus on the last days of a person's life because we call that insufficient memories. I don't want to concentrate on, oh, yeah, no, they suffered and... Oh, I was thinking about their last day in the bed and the last day I talked to them. No, you don't want to think about those things because that is a very short span of their life. You need to think of the whole of their life, what they put in your life, those type of things. But if you start thinking about just that, uh, the, de- the, the week they died, the, the, the day they died, you're going to be caught up and you're going to be stagnant and you're going to stop. Because you're going to get that grief and that sadness and that hurt in because you're thinking about those last days. Oh, they suffered so bad. No, no, you got to stop there and just think of the whole of their life. Start thinking about the things that brought joy and the, the little things that... Sometimes I sit up and I think about the different things that me and my husband would go, go at it about. And I laugh about it because we, we always knew none of us was going to wear. But he'll tell me something and I'll say this and I'll say that and he'll be explaining. And I just start laughing because I could hear him, you know, correcting to me about something and, and I'm coming back with something and just, you know, just different things. But I could laugh about it. I I wasn't sad about it. I wasn't grieving about it. I started laughing because I said, oh, Lord, he'd be all over me about this and uh, uh, whatever. You know, those type of things. But it'll bring joy to you. Did you hear me? It'll move you from mourning to memory and you will start having joy. Are you with me? You will have the joy of memory as opposed to having overwhelming sadness and grief and deep sadness. Amen. Because death is a part of life. Amen. The central thing that must be done is we talked about, we dealt with the remains. And that's what we dealt with for the, uh, uh, we ended up with last week. The remains. We got to deal with the remains. And I'm not just talking about the body. You have to close the affairs of different things that was left in that, that, from that person's life. And then you have to understand that all the remains is not the person. The car, the house, the insurance policy, their clothes. None of that is the person. You gotta, you have to make sure that you, 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 you separate that. Because you start thinking of it like the person. That's why I said you, you're arguing and fussing and fighting over a spoon they had. I want their spoons. I want that. Oh, I want that of theirs. I want that. Leave all of that alone because that's just remains. It doesn't matter. If they didn't put you, and then I gave you the information out last week. Everybody in this ministry need a will. You need a written down will. I don't have nothing. It's not about what you have. If you want your, your, your family to stay at peace, have a will. Don't let them guess. Don't let them think. Well, because the first thing that they're going to say, I don't care if you have $20 left. It's going to be a fight. Oh no, our family's not like that. Oh yes, they are. They just have not showed it because death hadn't hit that close. So why wait on it? Everybody in here under the sound of my voice need a will. Stating what you want to happen. 
stating it out. Those of you that get married right away, well, I, you know, we don't want to do that. See, that's foolish. That's the, this is the time to do it. You do it and then go live together for 40, 50 years. But it's set. And anything you want to change within that, you can. But if something happens to come up, real time, it's set. Because we also said, in, in dealing with the remains, you need to carry out what the person that passed away wanted. I don't care what nobody else is saying. Well, I know they want this, that, and that. I know they want this for my grandchildren. I know they want this. Did they leave it that way? Well, no, they put it that way. I know that they're going to do this and they're going to do... You don't know what they're going to do. They're going to do exactly what that will said to do. Some of you waiting on that. And you're going to find out you're not in it. And perhaps you, you have some... If you, just say you were alone. And you don't have anybody. You know, you, your mother's gone, your father's gone. You don't have a... And you don't necessarily... You love your family, but you like, but I don't want to trust them with what I have left. You need to find someone in your community, in your church community. Give them a will. Don't tell them what you want them to do. You give them a will, and you have to trust them enough to carry out everything you said on that. So it doesn't matter what the family, it doesn't matter if they're mad at you, it doesn't matter that they don't like what you put, it doesn't matter because you're in heaven. That's going to be the least of your thought. It's nothing. But if you say, this is what I want and I believe that if I put it in their hands, that they will get it done. But if I put it in someone else's hands, mm -mm. you have to pray and ask God, is there someone in this ministry that I can trust? Because I don't have anybody to do Is it someone that I can trust, that I can come along and I can notarize it with them and they'll know. And I can put it away and they'll know where it is and they'll know what to do. And uh, you know what, somebody has done that with me. But it's not just hearsay. It's written down, it's established, it's whatever. So I can't do what I want to. Because it's all documented. Everything they want done. Because why? Now, it, uh, it's legal now. I can't do what I want to with their policy, with anything. All I am is the executive over it. And I said, let me make sure, let's see what they said. And the family will see it. So they can't be mad at you. The persons that have died don't care because they're in heaven. As a matter of fact, some of you ought to have enough sense that when you have something that you're leaving, don't leave all of your goods to any wayward children. They're going to flow through that mess because you want them to say, yes, I love them. No, you put stipulations on that. Don't just, don't, just don't do it because guess what? You're going to have to answer to God for that. God's going to say, now why would you do such a thing? You knew better. I mean, I'm the one who's giving you the power to do all of these things, and then you leave it to a wayward child that's going to do blow it. And not even for my kingdom or envy. You could have left it for my kingdom. You could have did it. But that's why children, they get to asking up, say, oh, out. Uh, no, no, no. You're not going to sit around and wait and waste all that I, you done worked hard. 
Anybody that works in corporate America, you done worked hard, and you want to give it to somebody that's going to blow it? Mm-mm. You need to sit down, have meetings with your children, and say, okay, let's sit down and talk. Now, I'm going to tell you what the children are going to say. I don't want to talk about it. Tell them, well, they don't have nothing to do with what you want. We're going to talk about it. Because if something happened to your mother, something needs to be in place so you can move forward. If something happened to your father, something needs to be in place so you can move forward. We need to have this talk on a regular basis. And say, now, that's that. Now, if you don't have nobody to talk to, then you find someone you trust. Now, I'm going to tell you this. In the ministry, don't find no friend in ministry. Make sure they're in leadership that you can trust. Because friends come and go. You want leadership that you respect, that you know is going to get it done, and then you say, I want to meet and I want to get this done, and I want to write. And again, it has nothing to do with the person that you're bringing aboard with them, because you make all the decisions yourself, you sign it off, and they must abide. But you know, and especially people of color... We're bad about that. We don't want to talk about it. We don't, this, this, not, no, 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 not now, not now. No, no, now is the time. Now is the time. You know, in getting my affairs in order and Pastor Hill's affairs in order, one thing in my research, one thing that I noticed, the overwhelming majority of people do not have a will. They just don't. I mean, they fulfill every other thing in their life but a will. And then their children are all in a mess. And then you need to make sure they know where everything is. When Pastor Hill transitioned, I did not have to do a thing. As a matter of fact, my sons went and done everything. They'd done everything. I was at home, but everything was in place. All I had to do when I went up there was to sign and leave. But to go and pick and choose and do all that kind of stuff and do all I, No, I didn't take no clothes up there. My sons did everything. I did not do a thing. But it was in place. Ask yourself, you have some in place. Because then, what you're going to do? Run all over the family to try to get somebody help, or do what everybody's doing now, a GoFundMe page. I wish I would catch one of you from Church of Living Water, GoFundMe, when you have right now to have that stuff right. And listen, I'm going to tell you, and you will know, so you will understand this. It's not... You, you think, oh, well, I'm going to have to go and put thousands of dollars out right now. I'm going to tell you, you don't. Let me tell you. In 1985, what, uh, what year did, did your, my father-in-law pass? Was it like 85 or 95? 95. Soon as he passed away, I went and I took care of everything concerning my mother. I called my sisters. I have five, I have four sisters and a brother. And I asked them if they want to be a part of it. And they were, and you know, they were back and forth. But I understand this. Everybody's not in the same place financially. And that's okay. 
And so it was like, well, yeah, I can do this for this month. I can do that for that month. I said, oh, no. Oh, no. I said, okay, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I dropped them. I didn't even, I didn't even tell them what I was going to do, anything, because they was like, well, yeah, and I can do this, and I can do it. And now you're waiting on money for the month. I said, oh, no, not doing any of that. I went... In 1995, I took care of my mother's casket, the opening and closing of her grave, her grave site. I took care of every, everything that needed to be taken care of was done. My mother still on the planet is, was in 1995. That thing was paid for in two years because they give you a payment. In 95, I wouldn't, you know, I couldn't just pay it all out. But they gave me a payment plan and I had them take it out every, and they still do that. Now, it's not as, it's not as cheap as it was then. And it wasn't cheap then, but it's definitely not now. And in two years, that thing was done and paid for. And it was in 1995, we in 2022, my mother's still alive. Because you do it and you go live. And I remember when I went and my mother was with me and I went to choose her casket. She was like, oh, Alba, I can't, I can't. I said, stay in the car. I'll be right back. Because she was of that mindset. I want to talk about it. Well, what, what, you think I'm going to die? But see, that's just our mindset. And I said, you just stay in the car. I went and I picked that by myself. I did all of it. I said, my mother is not. My mother is not going to be without she is not. And so, now that my mother's gotten older, and so my sister them, because I never told them anything I did. I just did it. Because, see, it's all of our mothers. But, I, again, I understand when people, everybody's not where they need to be on financial. So, if you can do it by yourself, do it. Just do it. But if, you have, if everybody's financially able to, then just say, just bring them up something, let's do it. My mother is 95 now. I don't, uh, somebody didn't know how to do the math, however old she was in 1995. And while I put it away, and it's uh, And so now that my mother's got older, my sister said, you know what, well, we need to check and make sure everything is good with Ma and stuff. And I said, well, everything is fine with Ma. They said, well, wait a minute. How do you know? I said, because I took care of it. What? You did? And so they went to a funeral home and was talking to the guy about it. And she said, well, my sister told me she got this, that, da, 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 da. He said, well, if your sister really got all of that, then you ain't got nothing to worry about or nothing. But she went to another funeral home from where I did it. They called over there, got everything. And she said, girl, that was a blessing. Girl, you didn't even tell us. But see, they didn't forgot since 95 that I asked them to come on board. And you didn't even tell us. I said, it doesn't even matter. I didn't, I didn't say, well, I didn't want to deal with you all. I didn't say any of that. I said, it doesn't matter. It's done. It's, it's, it's there. Period. And you put it away. Stop trying to think about, or oh, am I going to die? Yes, you're going to die. It might not be 20 years from now, but you need to have it in place. And guess what? They keep everything on record. So I don't care how long it takes. They will pull your record up, and it's there. 
So you don't have to wait around and say, well, I don't have this many thousand. Uh, I, I don't know how many thousands it costs now. You don't have to say all of that. You can go in and sit down and say, I want to make arrangements to get all of this done. And I want to know what kind of payments I can make if you can't make the whole thing. But have something in place. My God. God's people. The Bible says the people of the world are smarter than the, the children of light. We procrastinate and mess Oh, we can go shopping and we can make sure we buy this, that, and other. And you die and don't have nothing to put you in the ground. But you want to go to TJ Maxx oh, and your favorite store, Walmart. And you want to spend all your money there and don't have nothing set. Set it. Then go to Walmart. Set it and then go. Say, no, we need to do that. Now, if you're just now starting to do it, guess what? You're behind. And everything else that God has told you to do, God ain't changing it because you have to do that now and add that to your list to do. Well, I'm going to need to take this off and take the God's life. No, God didn't change. God's word is immutable. He don't change because your situation changed. If God told you to do something, I don't care if you get laid off. I don't care what. It doesn't change. So because you're behind and God has already told you what to do, you can't take nothing off the table and say, well, I got to do that because I know now I got to do this. No, you're going to, now you got to sacrifice because I was being foolish and not taking care of business. That was for somebody, and I need to get into the new information because y'all messing with me, but I want you all to get this. And see, it's not enough for your parents to just have it. You're grown and old. You need to be getting it for yourself. You need to say, you know what, I need to get this done now. I'm not going to be caught out. But I can tell you, I can tell you from what I know, $10,000 won't bury you. Oh, just cremate me. Oh, that's expensive too now. See, they got a, they got a whiff of that. Everybody started trying to do that because it was cheaper, then they went up. Because guess what? It's a business. Think they care about your loved ones? It's a business. They say, oh, it's like anything else. Everybody's buying it. They're okay, let's go up on it. And that's just what they did with cremation. They're like, let's go up because everybody want to get that to get out there. You'll find out it's not as cheap as you think. You'll be like, oh, well, darn it. Well, yeah. That's because you haven't taken care of business. So I'm moving on from that. Just, just, just get your stuff in order. Amen. Now, remember the remains are corruptible. So whatever remains, it's corruptible. Don't get caught up. Don't get caught up in things and stuff and houses and cars and don't get caught up. Amen? And, and then remember that the remains should be handled based on the wishes and the provisions that are left by the person that have died. And that's why you should have the talk. You should talk about death. Listen, you should talk about death while people are alive. You shouldn't talk about it once they're on their deathbed. You should talk about it when they're healthy. So why? So that you'll know their wishes. So you'll know what the provisions are. 
so you'll know how to handle your affairs. That's why I gave you those handouts. I'm challenging you to have a will in this place. Handle your business. Have your wishes written down. Written out. Amen? Now, and if you're caring for a loved one and you know that they're kind of on the downside, why wouldn't you have all that taken care of? Uh, Let me move on. Amen? (sighs) Let's move on. Go with me to 2 Corinthians. Let's get into some new information because y'all took me there, so I have to skip over some of the things that we talked about. But you, 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 you all remember. Amen? Now, we learn don't, let, thing, uh, don't uh, let things steal your peace or your relationship. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, in chapter 1, let's move to another objective. How do I press forward towards the mark? I must trust God to comfort me. If you're going to press forward and you've had a loss in your life, you've got to trust God to comfort you. Not people. I gotta trust God to comfort me. Now, that seems like, that's common sense. You're a believer, of course I'm gonna trust God. When I lose someone, I'm gonna trust some, trust God. Mm-mm. Of course if I lose someone, of course I want God to comfort me. But I found out this. When you lose someone that you love, most people don't allow God to comfort them. They don't allow God to comfort them. Now listen, God will comfort you if you allow him to. You have to trust God to comfort you. And I've noticed oftentimes when we suffer loss with someone, listen... I have seen it. We bring a congregation of people, useless people around us, and that don't spend any time trusting God, and those are the people we want to comfort us. Did you hear me? We bring a congregation of useless people around us. Didn't say you didn't love them, but they don't trust God. And you're struggling. And we surround ourselves with those types of people while we're hurting. And we expect them to comfort us. And they sit around and they're just as uncomforting as you are. They provide nothing. They offer nothing. They don't even believe what you believe. But you bring them around. And this, and you wonder why you struggle. Don't surround yourself with a bunch of useless people that don't believe like you believe. I didn't say you didn't love them. I'm saying they don't believe, they don't, they don't trust God, they don't, and y'all just gonna sit around and nobody's gonna be comforted. You're not, and they can't comfort you. Hmm. You have to allow God and trust God to comfort you. And if you trust him to comfort you, he will. 
I have have it happen in my life. Are you in 2 Corinthians chapter 1? Are you there? Say amen. Look at verse 3. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforted us in all our tribulations, that we may be able to comfort them which are in trouble, by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Meaning you can't help anybody else until God first comforts you. You can't. He has to first comfort you. That's what that scripture is saying. You can't. You cannot comfort anybody else first unless God comforts you. But once God has comforted you, you can actually help comfort someone else. That is how I was able to get up here. Because after he comforted me and said, now it's time to get up, I could get up here and minister to you. And I'm telling you, the first time that I got up here and, and ministered after that, I got so many texts and so many emails said, you are strengthening me just seeing you there. But God had comforted me. Didn't mean I wasn't hurting. I was still hurting. But God had comforted me. Once he comforted you, me, I was able to comfort you. If it wasn't but just to see me get up. Are you with me? Look at verse 5. For as the suffering of Christ around in, abound in us, so our consolation also abounded by Christ. Now let me give you an A, B, and C. Letter A. To press forward toward the mark. Don't blame your help. Don't blame your help. God is the God we just read of all comfort. And so we often blame God for what we don't understand. That's when you become angry with God. That's when you become mad at the situation. You cannot be angry with your help. You cannot blame your help. I said this last week. When you lose someone you love and you don't understand what to do and how to understand their death, listen to me. No one, absolutely no one, can tell you about and explain to you about what you don't understand but God. No one else can. People are trying to talk to you, talk to you, but nobody's going to be able to explain it to you what you don't understand but God. But have, this is one thing I notice. You will not go to your help if you're angry at them. If you're mad at them, you're not going to trust them to do it. I'm mad. I'm, I don't want to talk to God. I don't want to. That's your help. That's what's going to get you to do it. But I'm mad at them. So I don't, I don't even know if I even believe the same anymore. 
Oh, you saying it now in your head. Oh no, I'll always believe God. That's because a loved one close to you haven't died. Close enough where it mess with your faith. Because it will shake the very core of your faith. It will shake it. And you will talk ignorant. You'll start believing things the world say over the word of God. Because why? I'm mad at my help. Because he didn't save them. Are you with me? And I said, I think I said this last week. I've never gone to a funeral where anybody has blamed death on anybody but Jesus or God. Every death is God's fault. We put it in pretty words, but every death is God's fault. No obituary I've ever read have ever put death. I've never heard someone put death on death on sin just because of sin. I've never heard anybody put death on because we live in a corruptible body. That's going to happen. I've never seen anybody put 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 uh, uh, death on just the nature of the flesh. I've never heard somebody say, this is all from the fall of Adam. But everybody blames God. I've never heard anybody say, the fact that all of our bodies are not designed to live forever, this is what death does. No, they're busy saying, God plucked a flower. God had to come get them. God was lonely in heaven and it was time for him to go. And God, in essence, God killed them and brought them home to him. We just say it in a nice way. Always God did it. Always. Now, if God is the person who killed your loved one, it's hard, hard, hard for you to let him comfort you. You don't even want to hear nobody talk about God. Like, oh, yeah, uh-huh, but uh uh-uh, uh-uh. You're mad. God, and you know why you're not comforted? It's because you won't allow God to. I allowed God to comfort me. That's how I got through. I allowed God to comfort me. Even when I didn't want to talk to nobody. For a month, I didn't talk to anyone. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I didn't want nobody visiting me. I didn't want to see anybody. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't, I didn't want any of that. And, and I didn't care if they liked it or if they didn't. Or if they say she won't answer the phone and she won't talk, I could care less. I didn't want to talk to anyone. But God began to speak to me. And I have a foundation in Him. And when he began to speak to me and began to strengthen me and began to comfort me and he began to assure me according to his word, I, I could feel myself getting strength. I stayed away from negative people. I stayed away from useless people to talk bondage around me. That's where my strength lies. 
See, I tell you, people, they surround themselves with all of that, and you wonder why you're stuck. And I don't care if a person don't like it or what they think I should do. How are you going to tell me what, you, what, what I should be doing? I waited on God. And I said, God, you have to help me. Help me get through this. And I opened my eyes. The next one, I was like, oh, God, I'm still here. And you got to help me. And I began to look at the scriptures. Because, I, I, you know, I, I'd be in my room. Don't bother me. And my sons pretty much left me alone and left, let me just do what, what I was doing. And they would still, you know, come to church and they'd do that. But that wasn't where I was. So oftentimes we blame our source of help. Don't, don't blame the person who's going to help you. God is the only one that's going to be able to help you through. He's going to be the one who strengthens you. It's not people. You know, some people like a pat on the back and a hug on the neck and a rub on the back. I don't like that. I hate that. I don't want a rub on the I don't want any of that. I want the Word of God strengthen me. But some people like that. But you just surround yourself and get stuck in that place. And God knows what to send you. And see, oftentimes we choose not to accept the truth. So we blame God instead. What do you mean, Pastor? See, sometimes we refuse to accept the truth. That the one truth that is appointed once for every man to die. We won't accept that. So we blame God for causing the death. You hear people say things like, Why did you let my loved one die of COVID? You're asking God that. Why did you let my loved one die of cancer? Why did you let my loved one die of a heart attack? God, why? 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 See, we always blaming God. That's the things we say. Why did you let it happen, God? God, you knew they had grandchildren. Why did you let that happen? Listen. Why did you let that happen? Why, how, why did you let that accident, the car accident happen? Hmm. How did you let him get shot in the street? It's God. Listen, whenever, always remember this, whenever someone dies of sickness and disease, the number one thing is that we live in a corruptible body. First of all, we live in a corruptible body that is going to die. If anybody dies of sickness and disease, it's because our bodies are corruptible. The body is perishable. Hmm. 
You remember last year when we had that little snow? I'm, I'm just going to show you a different using an example. When we had the snow and lights went off and everything, I could remember our refrigerator, everything was off. And some of you may not know this, as long as you don't open the refrigerator, it kind of stays cold in there. Not as cold as it is plugged in, but the, when, when you open it, it lets the cold air out. But if you keep it closed, it'll kind of keep things until a certain length of time. But when the lights and everything came back on and we did open the refrigerator, one thing I noticed, and I put it, I just put it in my arsenal because I knew I can teach from it. Some of the things in the refrigerator died. They just, I mean, they spoiled. It was no good. But some actually was still okay. Hmm. Because some things can last a little longer than others. So it is with the body. You'd be like, why this happened? Why that happened? Well, it could be anything. Everybody's body is different. Your body might can't take it and you die earlier. For the same thing that somebody gets healed from and walk away from it. Or they, they take a medication and they walked away. Because different bodies for different things. Some could outlast this problem. Some can't. Are you with me? Please follow me. Some bodies break down quicker than others. More acceptable. They'll they'll catch things quick. So why do we get sick? They must be sinning somewhere. No, it's because Adam sinned. Sickness is in the world, period. When Adam sinned, sickness and disease came upon the earth. When Adam sinned, our bodies went from incorruptible to corruptible, period. God didn't let it happen. They made a choice in the garden that let it in. Why did you let my God, why did you let my loved one die? Why did you let this happen to them? Sin caused it. Adam chose the sin and it has impacted everyone. It has impacted all of us. And then the Bible tells us the wages of sin is death. Real time. And if we're honest, we've lost loved ones, listen, who didn't have to die in the particular time that they died. They made some choices that may not have been prime choices. People get shot in the street and everything like that, and they have a different, they have a whole other lifestyle. Sometimes God will tell you what to do in your flesh and you you don't do it. Fine. That was your choice. How is it God's fault? God had nothing to do with it. God will always give you an opportunity to make different choices and to turn your situation around. But if you choose not to do those choices, which oftentimes we refuse, to accept the truth, 
Instead, we just want to blame God. And I'm not just talking about just natural things. I'm talking about spiritual things. Because sometimes God tells you to do some spiritual things and you will not do it. You just be off the planet, just not, just won't obey God, what He's telling you to do. You're gonna make it on your own, you're gonna do what you wanna do. God said, this is what I want you to do, spiritually. This is what I want you to do, naturally. And see, we're thinking because we're in that natural body, well if I do everything that God is telling me natural, everything the doctor's telling me natural, I'm gonna live forever. But what about spiritual? People die for not Doing what God has told them spiritually. I'm telling you, you get... You die early. For just foods. The Bible says you die early for just being, just talking back to your parents. Hmm, young people need to hear that. The Bible says, let me tell you, obey your parents that you may live long on the earth. You keep mouthing off to them. Hmm. And so oftentimes, instead of us being able to rejoice that God through Jesus have made a way for us to go to heaven, we're upset and angry because they left early. Switch that over and say, well, God, I just thank you that they're in heaven. I thank you for that. And I'm going to miss them. There has not been a day that have gone by that I have not missed my husband. I mean, just little things. And little things that I could hear his voice say different things. And like I told you, if I feel like that voice is fading, I go grab it and bring it back. No, you're not going to fade. That voice is not going to fade away from me. God cannot comfort you if you're blaming him for something that he did not do. The Bible says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. That's truth. So oftentimes, instead of being able to rejoice, we can't. We ain't, we're too angry with God. So we don't want to blame God. Let her be. Draw near to God. You have to draw near to God. That in the time of loss, that is the time that you're strengthening your relationship with the Lord. That's when you strengthen your relationship with God. When there's a loss. Don't run away from Him. Don't be angry at Him. Don't move back for Him, from Him. When you have a loss, strengthen your relationship with Him. God, I need you to talk to me. I need to, let me go and I need to spend time in the Word. I need to be up under the Word. I need to get this. I need strengthening. That's the time you spend time in prayer. That's the time that you should be uh, 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 shut out distractions. You have to shut out distractions to really draw close to Him. You cannot and will not draw close to God with distractions. And you put everything in place that you're doing, trying to trying to make yourself happy. But, honey, you're distracted. You're distracted. 
You have to draw close to Him. Now, write this down. The word comfort means, this, this bless me, the word comfort means to strengthen and to teach. That's awesome. The word comfort means to strengthen and to teach. Wow. If I draw near to God, He'll strengthen me and teach me? Yes, He will. That's comfort. He'll strengthen you and teach you. And I want to say this to everyone that have lost loved ones. If you have a question about that someone, there's only one person you're going to get an answer from that really knows. Draw nigh to Him. Allow Him to strengthen you and teach you. See, I had to allow God to strengthen me and teach me. Hmm. Some people have people die in an extreme, tragic way. And they have questions. You've got to trust Him. If you trust God, He'll strengthen you and He'll teach you. And there's not a question in my heart that God will... It's not, not one question that you would have about the death of your loved one that God won't answer. That God won't answer. He will answer. You know, and I, and, and I know this to be true because of this, and, I, and I'm telling a lot of experiences from my life because I want to and because God has commanded me to. But, you know, in my times of trouble or when I'm... You know, get that 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 feeling of you know I can and in 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 really earlier when Pastor Hill first passed, but I would go back and listen to some things he taught, and remember he taught on death, different things, and I was hearing his voice, and everything that I was hearing is was not something that I I had didn't know. I knew it. But while he was talking and while I was listening to it, I noticed God was strengthening me and he was teaching me. Because when I would hear or listen to his voice or what was said in his voice, it comforted me. So God was strengthening me and teaching me at the same time and comforting me. And I did that for a while because it brought me comfort. But in the midst of it, again, nothing that he said was not something that I didn't know. Sometimes you need other people to say things that you already know, but you need to hear it from somebody, and it makes the difference. Even though you know it, when you hear it coming from somebody else, you be like, oh yeah, I believe that. But comfort means to strengthen and to teach you. You've got to want to be taught. Amen? Now, when you ask God the question, I know I'm going over a little bit, but listen. When you ask God the question about someone that have died, and you, and you have questions, God may not provide it in that very minute. 
He may not have provided that the very moment that you wanted. And when he does provide it, it may not even be what you want to hear. But he will provide. He knows where you are. So if you're perplexed and you're struggling, draw near to God. Trust him to strengthen you and to teach you. Even concerning your founding pastor, because, see, I, see, he wasn't only my founding pastor, he was my husband, so that's a whole other thing. But even people that, was, that, I mean, that's their founding pastor, for some people that's their only pastor. So, yeah, you're hurting. And let me tell you, listen, hurt, hurt and grief, <laughs> there's no time limit to that. I'm going to tell you that now. There's no time limit. People might think because they haven't went through it. Well, aren't they done with that now? Aren't they moving on? Aren't they going? Mm. And listen, and just because somebody is moving around don't mean they're not hurting. Because you can move around and people will be like, well, they fine. They fine. But grief is a stalker. And it comes at the most inopportune time and say, what are you laughing about? Have you lost your mind laughing and trying to have fun? Don't you know your husband is gone? Why are you smiling? And then I look for that comfort. And then God, see, if it ain't already in you, see, you can't remember what you haven't remembered. Uh, did you hear me? You know, we always say, God, put me in remembrance. Well, now, you have to first remember it. you got to be down in there. God ain't just giving you something to remember. How are you going to remember something that you didn't know? And so when Greeks sit on my shoulder and do that, and then God said, he's with a cloud of witnesses. The greatest way that you can honor a person, like, see, we honor people wrong. Now, I'm not going to even get ahead of myself. That's for next week. But let me tell you, I say, God, I begin to put in my spirit everything pertaining to heaven and what happens when you die and go to heaven. And God said, blessed are those that die in me. To live is Christ. I mean, it just drowns grief. He said, you're smiling and you're laughing because you trust me. This is the time to trust me. See, he's teaching me. See, it's easy to trust him right here, right now, in front of all of you all. It's easy to say it. But see, I'm alone a lot of times. Forget being alone. I'm with people a lot of times. And grief would say, excuse me. I know. I know you're not trying to relax like that. And God will come right back and say, I give my beloved rest. You belong to me. And then he'll put me in remembrance of what me and my husband talked about. Because, see, me and my husband talked about death. See, we're not like people that don't, we ain't going to talk about it. No, we talked about it. We talked about death. Because why? It's a part of life. Al, this is what I want you to do. This is what, and, and he would always say, he said, 
I, I have to go before you. You know why? He said, because nobody, nobody, no woman on this planet can take care of me like you. So I know, I, 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 I know. And then we would laugh and joke. I said, no, I'm going before you because, and, and you know, we'd laugh and joke about different things. But the reality, he said, but the reality of, I don't want you mourning. I don't want you living in hurt. I don't want that. Now, when he said that, it wasn't the last few days of his life. We talked about that years we talk about just different ones. we riding in the car and we talk about this, that, and other. And I said, are you afraid of death? And he said, no. Why would I be? And then he'll start teaching. You know, he was just a teacher. He was the same way, period. He's, he, he's just going to go with it and, 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 and teaching me. But what I didn't know, it was to strengthen me for what was to come. And that's what you have to do now. Strengthen yourself by drawing close to God. Say, now's the time. I'm telling you this for a reason. Don't forget something else is coming. We're always thinking about some woo and well, mmm. Listen, something else is coming. And let me tell you, it will shake the core of your faith if you're not rooted, grounded, settled, and established. You better be. If you're in this ministry, you better be. You lock it down and you say, this is it. Strengthen me. You need to be solid. And I didn't get half of where I wanted to be. But that's okay. There's always another day. That's another thing, Pastor. Say, don't try to give them everything. Just, just the mo- the main thing is that they understand. There's always another Sunday. But guess what? Next Sunday is not promised to you. You better walk in this today. <laughs> don't be well, I'll just wait till next Sunday. I'm not gonna do no will nothing until I get through with the whole series and you die. Because tomorrow's not promised to you. Now, I know it's Mother's Day. But see, you got to get out of the mindset to think, if I talk about death, it's sadness. No, to live is Christ. To die is gain. No, we, let's talk about it. Because we're all doing just fine. Let's talk about it now. But you know what? It's not easy with people of color. you got to prime them for this. Because they used to wear a mindset. You have to say, listen, listen, you got to get out of thinking like that. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about what we're going to do. How, 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 how it's going to. And then we're going to go and live for another 40 years. But we got to talk about it now. So that everything will be straight. Example. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm closing, but I, example. Some of you young people, you have children. Now you're going to have children, whatever. What would happen if something happened to you right now? 
Well, I know my family. No, you don't know that. Did you put it in? Did you put it down? Well, I know I'm going to live. I'm going to. If you have young children, do you put down if something happens to me and you? If something happens to both of us, where do our children go? And some of you are, well, they're just going to go to my parents. First of all, your parents are too old for your children. They can't keep no little young children. They will wear them out. But second of all, are they in the Lord? You just want to put your children anywhere and just, you know, just put, mm, or don't, nothing. Then everybody's looking at them. Well, okay, they're my grandchildren. Let me take them. But why didn't you have all of that in order? Why didn't you have it in order? Why didn't you sit down with the grandparents? And, 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 because you know why? Because sometimes they can sit down and say, well, okay, if something happened this, then I need to plan accordingly. Now I'm stuck. And I'm like, n- not stuck in the sin. Oh, I gotta take my grandchildren. But I said, I had not planned. That have started a whole nother plan. Because it's something to raise in children. You're stupid if you don't. You should have that in place. Because remember, you come from two sides of the family. What if the other grandparents want them? And then you, now you got trouble. Why? Because I was stupid and didn't leave nothing in place. Now everybody's fighting and pulling over the children, and the children don't know what to do, and nobody know what to do. Well, I'm going to get them. I'm going to get them. I was closer to them. All of that. Nothing in place. You should have it. Matter of fact, you don't even have to go nowhere. We got two notaries right here at church in the office. Come in there and notarize it for you. And then go put it in the safe. Say it's in place. Something go on. Ain't gonna be. Ain't, we ain't gonna beef about this. Let's go see what the documents say. And we all know, especially you, we all in corporate America. Documentation will always save you. Not just voice, but you got some documentation. You can back up anything. It's when you try to come up to him and say he said she said he'd be like, well now none of that work. You fired. But you come with documentation. They gotta. Put the brakes on and say, wait a minute. I see you got FMLA and I see you got this and I see you got that. You got your document down. Well, same thing, same thing with the things of God. You better have it down. Have it set. And then go live forever. Live until Jesus returns. But it's in place. Some of you need to ask your loved ones about that. Say, do we have anything in place? Do y'all have anything in place? Oh, I ain't going to worry about that right now. I'm just going to let y'all take care of it. Say, oh, no, you're not. Oh, no, you're not. Do your eyes like that. Oh, no, you're not. We're going to take care of that now. But we done got ourselves in such financial trouble, you can't even take care of it. Stand to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.